Hey! Welcome back to the Sidewalk Stories of Penny and Luck by me, Claire Karwowski. Part 6, Chapter 10 Through her binoculars, Penny watched carefully as the royal rider wrangled about, tangled in the lightning tree's roots, as bolts of electricity shot down from the lone yet looming cloud above. The shadows behaved differently in this place, deep in the heart of the woods. Their army, now tripled in size, pranked and played with each other joyfully in what seemed to be their headquarters. If Penny hadn't have known of their nasty tricks, she would have liked to join this party, where dancing, acrobatics, and wild silliness hung in the air. The lightning tree stood at the center of a short, grassy field, circled around this flat patch of earth, the forest's giant trees. Every 15 seconds, as the lightning continued to strike Penny's favorite tree, it seemed to be the perfect magical bullseye of it all. Penny scanned the tree, the grassy field, the surrounding barricade of both dark, tall, looming trees, and the others dripping in shining slime. But there was no Sabrina. As Penny looked, the sun still stalled in the sky, But like tackle on a fishing rod, Penny knew it was only a matter of time before it dropped into the sea of night. She thought back to the golden message, the first note she had received from Princess Sabrina. Find the rider and you shall find me. Okay, Penny said, looking at the rider. Penny turned back to her eclectic crew, made up of her corgi luck and two ginormous calico cats. Mr. and Mrs. Pickles. Listen up, everybody. I have a crazy plan, and we're only going to get one shot. But if we do it right, one shot is all we'll need. Mr. and Mrs. P, mind getting a bit sticky? They lowered their heads so Penny could walk right up to their cave-sized cat ears. She whispered to them their newfound duties. Once Penny was done... They gallantly rose and marched over to the nearest shining slime-slathered tree. They leaned their backs against the tree trunks and began soaking in the silvery slime. From tree to tree, they shimmied their orange and black fur, coating themselves, head to tail, in the mirror-like sap. As they worked to cover their bodies in the glass-like goo, Penny turned to the lightning tree and visually charted a path to the rider, This is a very similar tactic she took each morning as she navigated the stinky minefield Henry left for her. In Penny's approximation, it would take her 50 large strides to get to the tree, and they would have to be the quickest, quietest, and most covert step she had ever stepped, or else the shadows would detect her, and she would risk the same fate as the rider and Princess Sabrina, wherever she was. While Penny visualized the route to take to the tree, Luck nuzzled his way into Penny's explorer's pack, which laid on the forest floor. He flipped open its flap with his nose and crawled in reverse, his fluffy tailless tush leading the way so his head could poke out the top in his typical secure seat. Penny turned to her pup. <clears throat> Penny interrupted him. I kinda sorta really need you to be, um, the bait. 
See, the shadows, they like to play, and if you run out there and distract them for one minute, two minutes tops, then I'll have time to free the rider without them seeing me, Penny explained. Luck looked up at her with his wide, innocent luck eyes. Penny bent down to meet him. Then we're one step closer to finding Princess Sabrina. Once we do that, we can go home. Please, Luck. Understanding, Luck gave Penny a reassuring lick and hopped off her lap. Okay, team, Penny said. It's time. Mr. and Mrs. Pickles, when I say go, you need to bolt, just like we talked about. But not a second sooner or later. And Luck, keep going. I'll make sure nothing happens to you. I promise. And before we do this thing, Mr. and Mrs. P, you saved Luck and brought us here. We couldn't have done it without you. And Luck, you may only be a foot tall, but you acted like a giant today. I guess I'm trying to say thank you. Okay, now hands in, sorry, pause in. Three, two, one, booyah! Let's do this. As they creeped to each of their starting positions, the sky began to ink a cotton candy pink haze. As the sun sat just above the trees, their tops seemingly ablaze. The gigantic calico cats took their spot among the row of trees that lined the clearing. Their long, thick legs covered in shining slime was the perfect camouflage to hide them amongst the forest's mirroring trunks. Still covered by the looming trees, Luck went left, Penny right. Then, after a beat, Luck breathed in, closed his eyes, and ran like the wind right into the middle of the clearing. In that moment, Luck imagined himself as a mighty wolf, strong and fierce. Luck let out a series of howls so powerful they shook the shadows from their games. As a handful of shadows collapsed in on Luck, he bolted in a zigzag, jumping, hooping, hollering. The shadows responded with laughter and cries as they joined Luck in a new game of tag. Staying close to the ground, Penny took quick, quiet strides as the shadows spin-looped and crashed into each other each time Luck's path erratically changed. It was only a matter of seconds before they would tire of the game and discover Penny. The roots were just out of reach. As the howls and thunder grew, she dove and grabbed hold onto one of the lightning tree's roots. She pulled herself up and over them, while others she swung below. As Penny bobbed and weaved over the strong, twisted roots like a rabbit hunted by a hound, lightning perpetually shook and struck the tree. After two turns up and over the roots, Penny could see the sparkling blue dust floating in the air. The more the rider struggled, the more dust it shed. Penny paused for a moment so as not to shock the rider on her approach. The golden tag in her pocket now wildly and rapidly pulsed. Penny retrieved it and edged closer to the rider, cautiously leading with the princess's glowing message. Wait, stop, Penny said. You don't want to rip your wings. The rider struggled some more. Penny stood up tall and said, just as a knight would, 
I am Agnes Winona Farrell Pendleton Jones III, and Princess Sabrina has sent me to save you. Penny then presented the tag even more profoundly. She continued, I will help you. I will keep you safe. And then, can you take me to the princess? The bike shook a small, thoughtful shake, which caused its dust to shed and float up into a line that looped and swirled in one distinct direction. Up into the tallest branches of the lightning tree rested a one-windowed wooden house. The dust crawled up and shot into the window, and in just a moment, a young woman, about the same age as Penny's brother John, appeared. Penny turned to the rider. She gently removed the tangled branches from its wheel, unhinged the green vines cuffed around its bars, and lastly lifted the rock pinning down one of its wings. You're doing great, Penny assured the rider. And then, together, they gently tugged the magic flying bicycle free. In that moment, quiet struck down on the field. The shadows were closing in on luck. I hope I can drive this thing, Penny said to herself. Penny hopped on the rider and howled out. The shadows snapped back only to see Penny on the rider sprinting towards them. The shadows shrieked their deafening shrieks as Penny drove the rider low to the ground. She tilted to the side, stretched to the left until her arm almost grazed the ground and scooped her brave and loyal luck up in one fell swoop. Rider to the princess! The shadows whipped around and collectively formed a tornado spinning right towards Princess Sabrina. We're almost there, just a little bit faster! Up and up they went, flying throughout the branches, jostling about in the now raging winds as bolts of lightning continued to strike behind them. The sun dropped in the sky as both the shadowy tornado and Penny approached the princess. Penny shot back to where Mr. and Mrs. Pickles hid. Go! Her exclamation echoed through the forest. Mr. and Mrs. Pickles pounced into the clearing, bounding toward the tree, splitting up. He took the north side, she took the south. And as they took their marks, they began running and running, kicking up dirt and grass, creating their own kind of tornado around the lightning tree. As bits of sunlight danced and reflected across their sleek, mirroring, slime-covered bodies. And just then, Penny, Luck, and the rider came to the wooden house hanging in the lightning tree's branches. With no other way in, they drove straight at the front wall, barreling it down. There... In the corner was the royal Princess Sabrina. Princess, Penny began. I'm Agnes. There's no time, Princess Sabrina interrupted. She jumped between Penny and the rider's handlebars and pulled them up hard. Hold on, the princess demanded as they shot up into the sky. Penny looked below at the tigers running in rings around the lightning tree, fighting off shadows, while the princess seemed to be driving them right into another wild and angry pack. Just then, the sun dropped down one more notch. Moment of truth, Penny whispered to Luck. At this angle in the sky, the sun's rays cut like a knife across the field and struck the mirroring blur that was Mr. and Mrs. Pickles' high velocity circling around the base of the lightning tree. 
The moment the fiery beams hit their reflective bodies, the light bounced back into the sky so powerfully, it was as if two suns illuminated the forest. And with that explosion of light, the shadows broke and dissolved midair. But Penny knew it would only be for just a moment, because with the sun's next drop in the sky, its rays would no longer hit the cat's backs. And just like when she played with shadows in her room when she was little, all it took was for the light to go off again, and the characters would instantly reappear. As Princess Sabrina drove them higher into the sky, Penny could see far beyond the forest of shadows. Penny took a second to really look at the princess. She looked like she could have been a knight herself, with her thin, shining blue chest plate and her sword dangling from her hip. It even matched the royal rider. Princess Sabrina paused in the air and then filled it with her voice. Shadows of the forest, before we go, you must know that I am not here to harm, but to help. You have something that my people need, that are desperate for. We have not seen rain in 100 days. We have no water. Our crops have shriveled up and died. In fear and desperation, they plan to burn your home here. I plan to protect it. Please, I beg on behalf of my people, forgive us for our fear. Release the rain. And with that final word, the sun dropped once more, and the explosive and bright reflection shut off. The shadows came again. Sabrina turned to Penny. We have to get out of here now. The rider shot below, and in a split of a second, landed in the lightning tree's electrifying bullseye. Before Penny could blink, and the next bolt could thrash down, the tree snapped closed, a traveler's trunk ready to board the train. And as fast as Penny closed her eyes, she opened them in a new yet familiar spot. Before them stood the forest's fortress wall, lined with massive, crusty, crispy hedges, an impenetrable barrier of dried bush, except for one. The mean green. In her arms was Luck, and to her right was Princess Sabrina, leaning over the rider. As she mended his bruised handle, she spoke. Generations ago, the shadows lived with us in the kingdom, but the king and townspeople did not understand them. They believed that living amongst creatures like the shadows meant that evil had slipped through the cracks in the kingdom's walls. Some, however, believed the shadows were our protectors, but fear prevailed, and the king, my great-grandfather, banished them here to the wood. Angry, hurt, and a bit afraid, the shadows hide behind their own mockery. So why do you come back? asked Penny. If they've gone bad, Sabrina stood up and stepped toward Penny. They haven't gone bad. They've been abandoned 
ignored, vilified. They liked to play, and their latest game was to take our reign. They have no idea the pain it has caused, and I fear the kingdom will aim to hurt rather to make amends. The shadows howled, the sun nearly set. Penny, you must go. But how will we know if they listened? How will we know if everyone's okay? You know, you can always come with us. We could always use a clever and brave knight such as yourself. Penny looked down at Luck, and he looked back at her, right through her eyes, deep into her soul. And Penny, ever drawn in by the unexpected, the rush of adventure, the dream of a new land. She felt in her bones what the right next steps were. Thank you, princess. But we already have a kingdom, I mean, home, that needs us too. And it's time for us to return. The corners of Luck's mouth spread up and out. Thank you for your kindness, said Penny. Thank you for your might, said Princess Sabrina. And if we need the brave Penny the Great, she looked at the mean green, the one green lush spot in the row, a door to the world. I'll know where to find you. Sabrina hopped on the royal rider, and in a flash of blue dust, they were gone. The shadows let out a louder, thunderous roar, erupting from the heart of their world. That's our cue, Luck, Penny said. Penny held Luck closely to her chest, took a deep breath in, and closed her eyes. Just as she took one large step through the lush and vibrant mean green, an invisible hand gently pushed Penny through the portal. And in one moment, the air around Penny felt different, with a touch of salt blowing in from the sea below. She opened her eyes, and the dry, rough lawn cushioned Penny's feet. Luck leapt and tumbled in the yard. Sweat stung Penny's eyes as she took off her helmet and wiped them clean with her hockey-armored arm. Her chest weighed down with each breath. She was relieved, grateful to be home, and still instantly longed for the adventure from which she had just emerged. Penny walked into her house through the back door. She slipped off her mud-covered shoes and slid the armor over her head. The cool air of the house felt good against her core. Penny, is that you? Mrs. Jones called from Penny's once bedroom, now her home architecture office. Yeah, Mom. Pen, how would you like to go check a potential site with me? It could be an adventure. Penny smiled and laughed and yawned a little. Thanks, Mom, Penny said through a yawn. I kind of just want to be <sighs> home. Penny walked through the kitchen, where the cloud of powdered sugar and flour was replaced by a tower of pineapple-shaped cupcakes. Two of her brothers still red, heads bent deep in their books. It looked as if they could faceplant into the pages at any second. 
which it seemed like Henry had already done. Where's Dad? Penny asked. Pizza. Good. Dad. Dinner. Theo responded in his most zombie-like voice. John picked up his head and looked at Penny. Is it possible that we're in a time warp where every second lasts a year, but somehow the days sped by and we missed it? Penny laughed to herself. Yes, that is totally possible. Well, uh, good luck with the rest of your summer reading, guys. And, uh, don't forget to call me for pizza. Penny slogged up the stairs, washed away the exhaustion and dirt from the day, and crawled into a matching set of blue pinstriped and buttoned-up pajamas. She cleaned Luck's paws and brushed his thick mane, and together crawled into their attic hideaway. She looked out at the neighborhood, her plain old ordinary block, the one Penny had analyzed and observed thousands of times. And she could see Mr. and Mrs. Pickles, back to their normal size, taking a well-deserved snooze in the setting sun. As she looked out the window and watched, she opened her notebook and sketched a new map by heart, one that started with the mean green, passed through a blizzarding field, over an icy boulder, to three ominous paths, through the wild jungle, over the rainbow of the raging waterfall, to the edge of the forest, with two enormous tigers, and all the way to the ever-familiar lightning tree. A soft breeze ran through the open window and tickled Penny's eyes, coaxing out a tear that dangled on her lid's edge, waiting to drop on her smooth cheek. I've never been anywhere so incredible in my whole life, she said aloud. How are we going to know if they are all okay? Sabrina... Ryder, even the shadows, Luck stepped up onto her lap and nuzzled his way into Penny's nook. Penny kissed his soft forehead and scratched behind his ears. Another, cooler breeze blew through the window, carrying with it a plop of water that dropped right on Luck's nose. Then a tip-tip tapping gently struck the window. Another cool, wet breeze hit them in their lookout. Look! Look! It's raining! It's raining! The wind picked up. The shutters clattered against the house as sheets of rain began to pour down, pummeling the thirsty earth below. We did it, she said. The shadows, they released the rain. We did it. Penny closed the window half shut. The cool breeze from the rainstorm was a relaxing backdrop to the evening. Luck returned to his perch and curled up cozily while Penny picked up a new book from one of her freestanding towers of stories, planted herself in the plush mustard yellow armchair, took a breath in, and opened the cover. Another door to another adventure. Thank you so much for joining Penny and Luck on their journey through the Forest of Shadows. They couldn't have done it without you. Now please stay subscribed to this podcast, share it with your friends and family, because there are going to be more Sidewalk stories. And until then, 
hop on over to pennyandluck.com and share with me, the author, your adventures for the summer, your drawings of luck, any sort of stories are always welcome. Thanks for listening and keep adventuring.